Where's the love? Right here on this podcast. Welcome, Welcome to, love to Love Drop, 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 Drop. where your host and One Love Ambassadors, Charles and Diane, will share love, hope, and inspirational topics taken from their journey and world events. We will also include on-location recordings and special pop-up guests from cool places all around the world. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Let's talk about mental health. Welcome to this episode. It is truly our hope and desire that you'll be able to take something away that will be beneficial to you and your loved ones. With such an important hot topic, we reached out for a professional voice because even though we feel like we can give great advice to help our loved ones going through a mental health crisis or diagnosis, Let's be honest, for many of us, we just want to fix them because their behavior makes us uncomfortable. In other words, we just want to place a normal band-aid on the situation and continue with life. Even worse is when our advice is shake it off, keep it pushing, you're strong, you got this. Sometimes, It's better to say nothing and just be there. Just listen and really hear what's being said. And more importantly, what is not being said. I want to pause and tell you a story about a friend named Carol. Carol was a co-worker. We were both critical care nurses working in administration. Although we had worked at the same hospital for years, it was not until we were temporarily assigned to Carol's department that we became close. Carol was chatty with a strong opinion and she really worked hard to fit in, even though she never really did. I saw Carol's efforts and even though she could be a bit overbearing, I would listen and try to be there for Carol to the best of my abilities. My assignment was coming to an end and Carol would repeatedly ask me to extend and stay for a while longer. Initially, I took it as a compliment and thanked Carol for asking. However, I knew it was time for me to move on and I told her so. One day, Carol and I was in the office alone And she matter-factly stated, Diane, if you leave, I will probably just kill myself. What? I was horrified. And I told her that she was being a little overdramatic. I asked her why she would say that. Carol calmly replied, I don't have friends like you here. And I just wouldn't want to live. Carol and I would later have a talk to address that statement. 
And I would suggest that maybe she should mention those thoughts to her therapist. Carol tried to play it off like she was just joking, but I told her that it felt more like a cry for help. Carol assured me that she would speak with her therapist about it. I left the office a couple of weeks later and a month later, I got the call. A dear friend called to tell me that Carol was found dead in her home. Apparently, Carol was a no-call, no-show for work, which was not like her. After several calls with no answer, police were called to go out for a wellness check. Needless to say, Carol was not well. She was actually found hanging from a beam in her dining room. Carol was a mother of two sons at that time. One was a sophomore in college and the other was a senior in high school. I went to Carol's funeral and although several were there from the hospital, when it came time for remarks, no one moved. There was no way I would allow Carol's memory to be ignored. She had given over 25 years of her short life to that hospital and no one could say anything? Well, I got up, went to the mic and I don't remember what I said, but I do remember for the first time, Carol's youngest son looked up from the floor and our eyes met for just a moment. In that moment, I could see sadness, anger, confusion, and just a glimpse of appreciation that someone had gotten up and spoken about his mom. It's very true that you never know what a person is going through. Carol had been battling depression for most of her life. According to family, it was first noticed after the birth of her first child. She had postpartum depression that just never left and evolved into suicidal thoughts that one day manifested into her death by suicide. Pay attention to your loved ones and let's be more proactive in supporting mental health awareness, preventions, and treatments. Take the time to show up, be present, and listen. Sometimes Our words are not necessary. Sometimes our presence is more powerful and more effective than any words that we could speak. Sometimes it's just cool to listen without trying to fix it, judge it, or say anything. Sometimes it is in that speech, in that freedom to just voice to another person that people find their way. But when we're so busy judging, trying to fix and giving our opinions, a lot of times it just makes them retreat and, you know, just let the hamsters, as my sister would call them, the thoughts in your head, just keep repeating and going around and around. So take the time to just show up for yourself first and for others. If you need help, seek it. 
Speak out. Take care of your mental self the same as you take care of your physical self. Charles, what do you have to say about mental health? Well, thanks for asking, Diane. Mental health is a disease that should not only be discussed more, we should also be addressing it head on instead of suppressing the symptoms. With early detection and treatment, we can get a handle on it and better control this rapidly growing crisis. Honestly, when you think about it, the awareness of mental illness is growing. Back when I was coming up, anyone with mental illness, for the most part, was institutionalized or hidden. And now, it's in our face. Especially over the last couple of years, people are finding it harder and harder to cope, and many are experiencing post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. People are losing families and friends at an alarming rate without time to grieve one before several more have died. Senseless killings of our babies and elderlies are occurring almost daily, while the shock factor of those events are dwindling. Bear in mind, you don't have to be in the military to experience PTSD, especially with all the trauma and life events occurring on a regular basis. Unfortunately, people are suppressing their emotions as a coping mechanism and only to become walking time bombs throughout our society. Although there are many holistic modalities that work for emotional health, such as breathing techniques, relaxation, and meditation, Tai Chi, Qigong, yoga, and hypnosis, just to name a few. Holistic medicine has only recently been accepted by many medical professionals, although it's been around for thousands of years with positive effects. I firmly believe that we must include mental health when we're recovering from any physical health crisis. As I continue to heal and recover from a physical health crisis, I can say my emotional trauma was not given the same attention by healthcare workers as my physical trauma. Fear, anxiety, powerlessness, and even sadness were all a part of my emotional trauma. Medications to mask the symptoms were poured into my body, a body that was not accustomed to taking medications. I feel that it is not only important, but necessary to meet each person where they are in terms of treatment of mental health. This is something that should not be a forced issue unless harm to self or others is a factor. As a society, we're heading into a mental crisis that could very well become a pandemic if we do not get a handle on this issue. Awareness is just the start. Treatment and support are key factors in fighting this very real crisis. Be available to listen and be present. Many times, that's a huge intervention. Stay mindful that fixing the situation or trying to inspire or encourage it away may lead to a retreat or further crisis. We are very grateful to once again have Dr. P. Massey on the Love Drops podcast to talk with our listeners about mental health. Welcome to the show, Dr. Massey. 
Hello, this is Dr. LaShonda Poindexter-Massey, licensed clinical psychologist, joining you from Memphis, Tennessee. I am definitely excited to be back on Love Drops to do what? Talk about mental health. Listen, the mental health community has definitely been impacted by the pandemic that we have been going through in this world. It has shined a light on the importance of mental health and for me as a clinician on how we have definitely overlooked that that impact and how we're prepared to to deal with that um i have said in a couple of situations that i hear people saying take care of your mental health more than i have in my whole 15 year career as a in private practice in this time during the pandemic and it gives me pause because i say they don't know how to do that we have not effectively addressed mental health in ways that people are having the skills necessary to deal with the mental health crisis so we are seeing a rise in suicide we are seeing more young people expressing their their problems with anxiety and and depression we are seeing people struggling with the isolation that was required and the separations that we've been through and it is allowing us to see if we don't take the time to be more educated about mental health we are not going to be able to survive effectively in this world um today so one of the things the community has had to deal with is that we're here now we're here understanding we need to be doing this talking about mental health getting the information out there so many things that I could talk about on where we begin but this is one of those places let's make it a conversation that we can have in any environment and and finding out the effects of of doing that we've seen a rise in telehealth so that people are having more access to mental health we know we need some changes in access to care from the insurance standpoint so if we're not having these conversations we can't move the needle so I appreciate the opportunity to be here on love drops to make sure we are making mental health front and center so that we are better equipped to deal with this essential part of our well-being. When we start to talk about mental health, it is unfortunate that there is still such a stigma attached to mental health. And, and as a society, we're guilty for creating and perpetuating that, even maybe unbeknownst to ourselves. For example, we often hear mental health addressed when something tragic has happened. Maybe there's a school shooting and they say, we've got to check into this person's mental health history. Um, and so what does that do that has people associating mental health with these very problematic situations and with people that there must be something wrong with, quote unquote, that would do something like this. Those types of connections are one of the things that feeds people's difficulty to say, I am someone who needs help. I would hear people say things like, I'm crazy, but not that crazy, or I ain't crazy at all because they're associating mental health or seeking help for mental health with these very drastic problematic spaces. And so people are afraid to be associated with mental health because they don't want to be identified as crazy. They don't want to be seen as, as someone who may be someone to be afraid of because they have this illness. So people are in essence often suffering in silence for a couple of reasons that being one of them they are afraid of the stigma and being attached to that stigma for themselves and secondly people don't often recognize their level of pain and suffering as something that is worthy or requiring a mental health intervention because i'm not that 
far off. It's not that bad. So what we have to do is be able to understand that we have to think about mental health and mental illness, not only in those super extreme cases when something horribly tragic and horrific has happened. And that's the only time we think that there needs to be mental health intervention. We need to understand that mental illness is real and that the illnesses that fall into the mental um, health category are not limited to those that are based in, in trauma or tragedy or the extreme space. We have depression. We have anxiety. Um, we, we have substance abuse. So there are these different spaces that we may be dealing with. There are problems of life. Maybe there's a, a grief or a loss or a tragedy that we deal with and, and find out how to manage that. And if we're not recognizing that those are mental health situations that you can benefit from having a professional on board to, to help you, then we're not going to do that. So some of the fear that people experience is, is feeling that they're they're not needing that, that level of care. They don't want to be stigmatized. So doing exactly what we're doing today, having more conversations about what is mental health? What is mental illness? How do these continuums work? And, and is my regular old problem enough or do I have to be bald in the corner and, and not able to get out of bed before I recognize that maybe a mental health intervention is important. I know that as a clinician, people often get to me when they have reached the breaking point. Things have gone totally off the rails and they can't handle it anymore. As a mental health advocate, I wish I could see people a lot sooner in the cycle. Let's get in here and do some work. Let's not suffer in silence. Let's talk about the problem so that we can avoid those, those very tragic things from, from happening and needing higher levels of intervention, hospitalization or medication. Because that's another thing. People worry they're going to send me to a hospital. They're going to put me on medication because that's about mental health is that when you go in, they're going to look to put you in the hospital. They're going to put you on medicine. And I need people to understand those are mental health interventions, but they aren't the only one. Um, talk therapy is very and it's often needs to be paired with, if not standalone, some of those other interventions. Um, and so I want to encourage people that there is room in mental health to seek help and deal with problems where you're not limited to hospitalization or medication. And listen, let me add this last piece. It is not the same as talking to your friend or your siblings or parents or pastors. What you get in the clinical setting, in the mental health setting with a mental health professional, there's a science to what we do. So it's not just conversation. Um, it is based in science and there's work that needs to be done and, and progress that can be made and very structured things that need to happen that are different from the conversations that we have with friends. So that's another space that we have to be able to dispel that myth that, that talking doesn't help. Well, talking does help, um, and it is even more effective when you're talking to a professional that's trained to do the work and help you in the areas where there are problems. So let's continue to do the work of being able to let people know that there is room in the mental health arena to do some work on our suffering that we go through that isn't only at the extremes and doesn't make you crazy. When we're dealing with, with mental health, there is 
much true to it's a very individual journey, which is part of the reason why I advocate for people to go into therapy and, and seek help so they can do that, that part of the work. Uh, but we all need support in the, in the things that we do as an individual is choosing, hopefully to go and get some care and, and be involved. And maybe even as they're making that decision to do so, the support network is, is necessary and important. But one of the things that I see as a clinician, just as people are not understanding when and how to seek mental health support for themselves from the professional arena, individuals who want to love on and support and be there for their family members or friends that they know are struggling don't know how to do that as well. They're, they're not sure what to do when they know someone that they love or care for is suffering with a mental health issue and, and not sure what to do about that and feel maybe like they don't have the right thing to say or maybe they try to say things and it's the totally wrong thing to say. So I want to be able to address that a little bit to make sure that those of us that are caring for someone that we know is dealing with something problematic, what do we do? Um, to be of support. So one of the things that, that I want to encourage us to do is that don't, to be a friend, be a support and not the professional. And what do I mean by that? Sometimes when we feel like we're going to support someone who has a problem, that we need to fix the problem for them, right? And that's what we want to do. Well, if you think about mental illness, similar to physical illness, if we are dealing with someone who has a physical illness and needs to see a professional and is maybe going to have a surgery or is in the hospital, you don't meet them there and try to do the surgery. That is not what you do. You come in with some flowers, maybe you sit with them and you read or you spend the night at the hospital, kind of take their mind off of things. So you want to think about mental health issues in the same way, that I don't want to come in and try to fix the issue for you. I want to be willing to be a support um, in, in that space. So I may, may stop by and bring you lunch or I may call and check in and not necessarily talk about the issue, but be able to say, hey, I know that it, it hasn't been such a, a great time and I just want to chit chat with you um share some some good ideas about what's been going on you know around here or just tell you about this fun thing that happened letting them know i'm not trying to fix your problem nor am i denying it but wanting to just share some space with you and let you know that i'm thinking about you and often that is very helpful for someone to know that that you're listening and you will check it in on me and we can talk about something other than my issue not because we're ignoring it but we are respecting that that needs its professional space and what you need from me is some love and support and when we're doing that when we're giving someone love and support, let's give them room for their negative emotion. What do you mean by that, Dr. Massey? I mean, they were often saying, oh, you got this, or I know you'll be fine. And we feel like those things are positive and encouraging. And I just can't wait to see you up, you know, upbeat again. And I know you can do it, or I know you're strong. And sometimes it is those types of comments that may shut the person down more because they feel like they're being a burden or they're not living up to your expectation of, of them. Or maybe they aren't being as strong as they should be. And so they try to put on that happy face that, that I'm I'm okay. I like to encourage people to know that we can say that I know you're not you're not doing well and you need a minute and I'm good with that. We want to encourage people to take their time to deal with negative emotions, let them be present. Let's genuinely work through something that has caused us pain as opposed to feeling like the thing that we've got to do is quickly get back to the feel good. What I want is us to understand that we can handle negative emotions. I will tell people all the time, strong doesn't mean nothing bothers you. Strong means I have the skill set that I need to deal with the things that bother me. Adversity comes in 
every life. So if we are able to be better equipped with, I can handle negative emotions. I can sit with them. I can be honest that that hurt me or that was disappointing or I need a minute. To, to deal with that, then we have more room. So when we're being supports, we want to do that. We want to, we don't want to push people into being fine and okay with it and over it sooner than is necessary because we haven't really done the work to resolve a situation or to deal uh, with the pain that is there and be honest about how that is doing for us. Um, I'm always bothered um, when as a clinician, I'm meeting with people and I'm saying, okay, so this major thing happened in life, you know, how much did you take any time off of work yet? And and they're like, what? Well, no, I just went on, went back in. And, and I'm always concerned about that because we're not giving room for that was a major situation. How did you come off this tragic accident and, and lost a, a loved one? And um, no, it wasn't immediate family, but, but you're having to deal with that and having been a witness of, of such a tragic event and you were back at work the next day. We haven't given ourselves emotional room to deal with that. So we want to be able to make sure we're making room for negative emotions and giving ourselves time to work through things um, and not just telling ourselves we're fine, but being able to pause um, and do that work and be okay, knowing that we can manage it. But we want to give it the proper time to manage those things. And that's a support that I can give you room to have a bad day or to need some time off or to not make this event that you said you were going to because it's just not a great And the second thing that we want to do about that is be willing to reach out. I will hear people say in efforts to be supportive, well, just let me know if you need anything or call me if you if you need some help. When a person is struggling, they're often not in a position to to make that phone call or even want to or or even feel like that you can help them in some way. So we want to, in a support, also be willing to take the lead Uh, because we are already accepting. We're not trying to fix the problem. We are trying to be present and be supportive so I can make the phone call and check in um, and be able to do that uh, when it's hard to talk about. Um, I've given people the example of, hey, if you and your friend know there's something going on, you don't necessarily want to talk about it, but it's a bad day or whatever. We, we practice code words. Like I can say, if you called me and I say, girl, it's an apple kind of day, then you know apple means I'm not at my best or I need a minute or I'm not going to be doing anything. Like, girl, I got a whole lot of apples over here today, so I'm not going to make that event tonight. So I don't necessarily have to go into it with if you understand that I got something going on and that's just our word for it. And it kind of allows us to talk about it and be honest about it. Um, and if we're at the time where I got these apples, when can we talk? Maybe then like, oh, okay, well, you know, well, I'm available this afternoon if you want to chit chat. So that's offering my time and being present and allowing a safe space to be honest about what's going on with you. Even when that safe space may be, I don't want to go into a whole lot of detail. I just want you to respect that I've got something going on right now. And those are some of the best ways that we can be supportive. Here's an important part I want us all to be willing to think about. As we were just talking about that adversity comes in every life um, and that oftentimes people are suffering in silence and we're only looking to these very extreme situations uh, to identify that maybe we might need to seek some professional help. I want to hang our hat in this space. I want to hang our hat in this space. And I want you to think about this, that I often say that just because you can carry it doesn't mean it isn't heavy. I want us to be able to recognize that some of our sufferings because we're carrying things that are very heavy. And and each step of the way, it may not feel so bad. And it kind of feel like I, I got this and I think I'm okay, but we're not recognizing the ongoing weight 
of this thing that we're carrying and we're consistently carrying it, the it becomes heavier and heavier. I, you've probably seen people do demonstrations where if I hold my my arms out with, with books in my hands, um, if I hold them out in a T, I can hold those books in my hand, maybe with no problem for 30 seconds to a minute or so, the longer I try to keep my arms up and holding those books, they get heavier. They didn't change. It's just the amount of weight and the amount of time that I'm continuing to hold it in a position that is stressful to my body. It gets heavier. It does more damage. It causes more pain. So we have to be able to recognize when the things that we are carrying, if that's motherhood, if that's career, if that is spouse, if that whatever roles that we are in that are challenging and we don't mind the challenge and we're good for a good hard day's work and we're going to go for what we are passionate about does not mean that that work doesn't weigh on us. So I want to encourage everyone to know that mental health is something that you have to actively work at protecting just like you protect your physical health. So if we don't recognize and we need to take time to rest. You have to put that heavy stuff down sometimes, shift the load a little bit, then pick it back up and try again uh, and start again after you've had that break or maybe bring along somebody else to help you carry it because you recognize you're going on ahead and get that professional help that we're, we're talking about. If we don't allow ourselves to recognize just because we're doing it, going through and making it, surviving, doesn't mean that we're doing that in a way that is healthy and, and protective and full. So we want to be able to take time to do that. Know that we need to handle these situations, these challenges, these opportunities in, in our lives. Recognize the intensity um, of them and, and the weight of the thing, things that we do and give them, give those things that credence that this is a heavy thing that I'm, that I'm dealing with. So sometimes I've got to pause. I've got to take a break. I can come back to it. So that we're giving that personal grace that we need to continue to use our strength. Does not mean you're not strong because you put it down. It's like you recognize that I have to take breaks so that I don't overwork myself, that I have to, even bodybuilders have to have a day of rest. That's what they do. Um, it doesn't matter how strong they are. If you don't do that, you tear the muscles down. They don't have room to recover. And I'm using those medical or those physical examples because those are things that people more easily relate to than what's going on in the mental health side. So if you think about that, if we, if we need to be healthy, mentally when we are using our thoughts and our emotions and using those things to handle some very heavy things that we're taking time to to pause and and shift that load or take a break from the load before we pick it back up again enlisting the support that we need to get through the things that are troublesome so that we can enjoy some some breaks and we can enjoy some some downtime and some self-love time and all those things that are important to just our mental health as a thing that we are celebrating and recognizing. I will say continuously, there is no health without mental health. And I want people to know how to stay mentally healthy. Physically, people will tell me, I know I need to eat right and I need to exercise to stay physically healthy. Well, what do you need to do to stay mentally healthy? I want us to have just as quick answers for what are we going to do when we need to stay mentally healthy? So when we're doing that, if we're going to do that, I need you to make sure you're able to relax and release. What do you mean, Dr. Massey? I need to make sure that we are taking time to rest. 
or as I said, relax. I make that distinction because a lot of people only equate rest to going to sleep. They don't equate it to relaxing. You need to have some downtime, not just time to go to sleep, but time to relax. So let's make sure we're doing that. And then that second thing was release. We need to make sure we have spaces where we can be honest about what we're feeling, that we can release things that are problematic for us and talk about it and sit with it and work through it. So we have to create space and time and connections where release is possible. So those are things I want you to take away from our conversation today that we do not want to suffer in silence. We want to recognize that there is room for us to put down the things that are heavy for us so that we can protect our mental health. We want to relax and release and connect to those people who have the science to get us through what we're dealing with in such a troubling world. I just want to thank everyone for this opportunity to let's talk about mental health. It has been a joy to just take this time and really go a little bit deeper into something that we all need to be having a conversations about much more regularly, normalizing these conversations about mental health, understanding what that means, being prepared to do the work, to take care of ourselves mentally the same way we try to do physically. I appreciate your time and please enjoy the rest of your time today and everything that you have going on, making time for mental health every day. Thank you. Never a second will I waste. Never an opportunity to taste the sweetness of Thank you for tuning in to the Love Drops Podcast. Be sure to follow this podcast and share the love with everyone you know. Until next time, this is Charles and Diane signing off. One love, love, love. Love never